0: It's a privilege to be able to share God's Word, and uh, I'm just grateful to to be able to do it again. Um, As you can tell on the screen behind me, we're talking about relationships. Um, Going into the new year, um, something we want to put a focus on is spending time with God and spending time with each other, because God uses people to build you up. And God uses people to speak to you, to support you, to work through you. And uh, it's just something we wanted to highlight before we dive off into. uh, I'm sure some of you have heard we've started a a Bible reading plan together as a gathering. And uh, if you have the gathering app or look at the website or ask any of us, we can point you to it. But that um, daily reading started yesterday. I believe it was Genesis 1 through 3. And um, we talked last week about how before you make resolutions, uh, you got to know who God is and who you are and why before you just decide to try to fix things or do things or put on more seatbelts. And uh, God gives us relationships with Him and with each other to help each other through that. Because if you do it alone... I know me, I'm more than likely going to talk myself out of it uh, or figure out some way or, or only have a certain perspective. And when all the parts of the body are working together, it, it's a pretty well old machine. So before we get into relationships, I want to pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this gathering. Thank you for uh, everybody that's gathered here, dear Lord. I just pray. For all of us that uh, that you open our eyes and hearts and ears to what you have to say this morning. Help us not to miss what you're doing. Help us how to see you designed us for relationships and, and for each other and for you and, and uh, to know that uh, you created everything and that your plan is the best plan and that uh, it's the only thing that satisfies. Thank you for just this opportunity just to share with people how much you love them and and uh, what you call us into, and I just pray that uh, I wouldn't hinder you, dear Lord, this morning, that you get me out of the way, and and uh, we love you. I ask you in your name. Amen. So, uh, this morning we're in Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3. If you have a Bible and want to turn there, or you can follow along on the screen, uh, but I'm reading out the New Living Translation. Um it's probably my favorite one just because I spent most time in it in this uh, little plainer, and I'm a pretty plain and simple kind of guy. Um, so, with that being said, we're going to start in verse 1. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced His blessing, even life everlasting. What is David saying? When we live in harmony together, it's as precious as anointing oil. When we live in unity together, harmony... uh, (laughs) I use the word unity more than I use the word harmony, but when I think of harmony, um, one time I was sitting about where you are and I heard Bobby say something about when you strike a tuning fork and it plays a certain key, every instrument in that key will vibrate that's in the room. And that's what David is saying when he says harmony. We're, we're all of the same chord because we're in relationship with God and in relationship with each other. So in this psalm, David is referring to Leviticus 8 where Moses is ordaining Aaron as high priest. And Aaron was the guy that came and helped Moses when God gave Moses the covenant and led the people out of exile into the promised land. And in Leviticus 8, that's kind of where this reference is coming from, it's also from Exodus 29 and 30 when they're setting up the tabernacle and, and uh, the Holy of Holies and all the instruments and, and things. And um, there's even a recipe for this anointing oil. And, uh, and I believe it's in Exodus 30. When you read the recipe, it's common stuff like cinnamon and ointment and myrrh and 12 and a half pounds of this and six pounds of that. And you read it and you're like, oh man, I want to make some anointing oil. I think I can make this recipe. And <laughs> as soon as you get to, uh, I believe it's somewhere between verses 25 through 30, it says that that oil is meant for a special person and not for anybody just to make it, and not for everybody just to use it. Well, this picture of Aaron being ordained as high priest is, uh, is a picture of Jesus. It's pointing to Jesus because the, what what is the significance of anointing him with oil? The high priest had special duties that no other priest had. He was the priest over the other priest. He was, he was the guy, you know. And, uh, you know, once a year only he could enter into the most holy place in the tabernacle where the Ark of the Covenant was and where the presence of God was. And... On that one day a year, the Day of Atonement, that he would make sacrifices for himself for any sin he had, and then he would make sacrifices for the nation, and uh, he would atone for people's sins. He would go on behalf of others, which is just a forebearing of Jesus. Hebrews chapter seven verses twenty six through twenty eight says it a little better than I can uh, when talking about. This picture of anointing oil pointing to Jesus in um, in Hebrews chapter seven, verses twenty six through twenty eight, it says it this way: He is the high, he is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has now been set apart from sinners. He has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. He does not need to offer sacrifices every day like the other high priest they did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people but jesus did this once and for all when he sacrificed himself on the cross those who were high priests under the law of moses were limited by human weakness but after the law was given god appointed his son with an oath and his son has been made perfect forever What David is saying is that when we live in harmony together, when we live in unity together, in relationship together, it is wonderful, it is pleasant, it's refreshing, it's a picture that points to Jesus like that anointing oil. So after reading this, the question that comes to mind is how do we do we do that? How do we live together in unity? How are we harmonious together? First thing I think about is is humility. You got to be humble. And and humility has been said one way like this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself but thinking of yourself less. Valuing others more than yourself. Another way is by restoring relationships, not leaving them. Which is not very common. In today's culture, right? you, you hear uh, on the news or in media or social media about cancel, cancel culture. And uh, social media has made that easier because when somebody says something you don't like, what do you do? You just block them or delete them or unfriend them or you, you just cancel them, right? We weren't made to do that. Uh, and that makes it worse on us because it makes us, Easily offended and makes us harder to disagree on things but still love each other. God made us for each other and for Him and to worship Him and to help each other. So you should work on restoring relationships, not leaving them and just going to the next one and the next one and the next one. We live in unity together by not arguing and complaining which goes back to thinking of others more than yourself. Do you think people can see this picture of Christ if we're not in a relationship together? Do you think people can see like they saw Aaron, it says they poured oil on his head and it ran down to his beard and on the border of his robe. That uh, ordination process lasted seven days. So... It says, harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured on Aaron's head. Some translations say fragrant. So, I bet after that happened, when Aaron's walking around, you could probably tell he's got something on his head and his beard, and he probably smells a little different, doesn't he? There's a proverb, I think it's maybe an African proverb, I'm sure you've heard it before. It says if you want to go fast, go alone, and if you want to go far, go together. I didn't think much of this until I started running. Um, And I've been running for the past year, and, you know, I started at half a mile. Couldn't run half a mile. And, uh, And then I got to a mile, and then I did a 5K, and I got three miles, and you just kept going. And I have figured out when, when you get over about two hours, you got to think about what you're doing. You can't just go out there and run and not think about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. And when you get around four hours, you got to start having some people to help you. You can't just do it alone. you got to have a support team. I don't know if you've ever seen or heard somebody running more than a marathon, an ultra marathon. They have a whole team of people that... Sets up and camps with them and prepares their meals and socks and hydration and medical. And and they couldn't do the race without those people. Well, that's what God designed life for, for you. How many of you like to go fast? Woo! Ricky Bobby, right? If you ain't first, you last. Well... How many of you ever, none of y'all are going to admit it, but most of you have been fast, right? Young or old, you some point in your life you've been over 100 miles an hour going down the road, right? Well, when you're going that fast, do you notice the billboards or signs on the road? No, you're just trying to keep it between yellow and white, right? You're not looking at everything that's around you. cool thing about oil is it's hard to get off of, of you once, once you get it on you. Like I said, I bet people noticed and smelled Aaron once he had been anointed. Have you ever painted something with oil-based paint versus latex paint? Latex paint, you can peel it right off if you get enough moisture or humidity in it afterwards. But oil-based paint, it... It soaks in. It, it's saturated. It, the bad thing about oil-based paint is if you decide to change that color, you got to pretty much take off that whole top layer, if it's wood, for example, to get it off. Jesus is that anointed high priest for us who covered us up on the cross and takes away our sin if we believe in Him. And we accept His invitation for a relationship with Him. And it's something that lasts and satisfies. Thinking about oil and fragrance, and uh, this passage in Psalm, Paul in 2 Corinthians says something about fragrance. And uh, this is what he says in 2 Corinthians 3 14 through 16. But thank God He has made us His captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now He uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-given perfume who is adequate for such a task as this. How do you smell? It's what I think about when I read that. How do I smell? Am I the stinky kid in class? Or am I a giving perfume? Y'all don't put on perfume for nobody not to smell it, do you? I remember, uh, y'all remember in uh, junior high or high school, I don't know about y'all, but in in Clinton, which is the town next to Keener where I'm from, the only thing we had was the movies. So in middle school and high school, if you wanted to go on a date or you wanted to see a girl, you got your mom to take you to the movies, right? And y'all went to the movies together. Well, before you went to the movies, you put on that perfume, right? And y'all sat beside each other, and maybe you held hands, and maybe your shoulders rubbed up against each other, and you got home and you smelled that shirt, and you were like, man, I ain't never washing this shirt again. I'm going to hang it up in the closet, boy. When I get to school on Monday, I'm going to get around all my fellas, and they're going to be like, boy, smell this shirt. I was with that girl on Saturday. I'm telling you. Being in a relationship with Jesus is a life giving perfume. And when you get around people, it rubs off on other people and they want some of it. Because it smells good. You want not made to do life alone. Guess what? That was just the introduction. To be able to be in a healthy and right relationship, you've got to be one with the fellow that created relationships. you got to know God's love. That's the first thing. Having love for God. How many of you have ever wondered, if you're being honest now, this, this is going to be a hard question, it's going to be hard to admit, sometimes it's hard for me to say. How many of you have ever wondered or ever said, why do I have a hard time loving God? Why do I have a hard time being obedient? Why do I start this Bible plan every year and get to Leviticus or Numbers and stop? <laughs> Genesis 3 8 through 10 kind of is a reminder for me. And uh if you read the Bible plan, I believe we went through one through three yesterday. Why do we have a hard time loving God? Well, in Genesis, you know the story. God creates the heavens and the earth and and the seas and light and darkness and plants and animals, and then He creates man, and then He decides what? It's not good for man to be alone, so He creates a helper. There's the first relationship right there. And then what happens? In verse 6, I'm going to start in verse 6. Verse 8 and 9 will be up there on the screen. But the woman was convinced the fruit looked so fresh and delicious and that it would make her so wise. She ate some of the fruit and she also gave some to her husband who was with her. Then he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they strung fig leaves together around their hips to cover themselves Toward the evening, they heard the Lord God walking about the garden. So they hid themselves among the trees, and the Lord God called to Adam. Where are you? He replied. I heard you, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Sin separates us from God and causes us shame. And then we're afraid and we want to hide and we don't want to be in a relationship with Him. God came looking for Him, and said, where are you? I'm looking for you. I want to be with you. And our sin separates us. And that's why we have a hard time loving God because you feel shame or you feel distant and you feel like, I can't get this right. So then you start making resolutions, right? And you start trying to fix it. Let me fix it. To have love for God, you've got to remember something. And it's simple and it's easy, and this is one of the shorter verses in the Bible, and it's why I remember it. 1 John 4.19, we love because He first loved us. See, we get it backwards sometimes, and you think you know what it is. It's a new year, it's a new me, I need to love God more, So I, so how can I start doing that? How can I fix that? To be able to love God, to be able to love others, to be able to love yourself, you first have to understand how much God loves you. And let your life and your heart transformation be a response to that. It's not that you decide, I need to start loving God, you just need to start realizing how much He loved you and what He did for you. A relationship... Is the state of being connected. To be that pleasant, fragrant aroma, God wants us to be together and to do that. To be able to do that, we got to love each other, right? Second thing it's simple. If you want to smell that pleasing aroma, to get some of that oil on you that lasts and that satisfies, Jesus tells us, just like he tells his disciples. In John 13, He's sitting down with the disciples. He had just washed their feet. They're sitting down talking and Jesus says, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are My disciples if you love one another. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter four eight: Above all, above everything, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. What happens when we get in relationship with each other? When we start rubbing up against each other? What happens when you rub two things together? You get friction, right? And friction causes heat. And where there's too much heat, things start to break down, right? If you have an engine and don't have any oil, what's going to happen? It's going to blow up. So what do you need to keep that from happening? You need oil. In the body... You need an anointed oil from the high priest who is Jesus. Who says along with Peter, the motor oil to relationships in the body is to love each other deeply. 1 Peter says love each other deeply. Some translations say earnestly. Earnestly means don't stop. I want to encourage you to get in a disciple group. And I feel like when I say that, your mind automatically goes to Bible study or a group, whatever the context is, whether you're eating breakfast on Friday, whether it's a Bible study, whether it's a group of moms getting together, trying to figure out how to raise kids better and how to love, love them better, whatever it is, you've got to be around people that smell the same way as you do, and you start rubbing off on each other, people start to see that. And then you don't have to preach so much. You don't have to say so much. People see it. Just like Aaron, when he got that oil poured all over him, and started walking around, people saw it and they smelled it. And it was pleasing to God. And David says, when we live harmoniously together, when we live in unity together, it is that pleasing to God. Get in a disciple group. You might say, well, I tried that one time. People were mean to them. We didn't have the same opinions or hobbies or her hair looked better than mine and I didn't want to go back. Well, guess what? Try again. Love deeply. Paul calls Timothy, his son. They were so tight and they won't relate. Do you have Christian brothers or sisters in your life you can say this about? Love earnestly. Don't stop. You ever got a bad haircut? Did you stop getting haircuts? You ever ate a bad meal? Did you stop eating? No. Too many Baptists in here We lie about that. Keep trying. Just because you have a bad experience doesn't mean God can't use it or bless it or to stop. Remember, to live in unity together, what are we going to do? We're going to stop arguing. Stop complaining. Restore relationships. Don't cancel them. Fight for each other. Put yourself last. Value others above yourself. If your desire is to respond to God's love for you and worship Him and make His name known, you're going to have to get around other people to do it. If you're dying to get out of this sin, repent, repeat cycle, it's a circle. It never stops. You're just going to keep doing one of the three. Year after year, keep going around. Sin, repent, repeat. Sin, repent, repeat. If you want to get out of that, if you want to grow into the things God has purposed you to do, God uses people and gives you relationships to help you. Relationship with Him first and with each other. Last point I want to make. God makes a covenant with Moses, makes a covenant with David, makes a covenant, different covenants throughout the Bible, and, and Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of those covenants because like we just read in Hebrews, he has paid for sins forever. It's done. We don't have to do it no more. We don't have to sacrifice anymore. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. But what is is a covenant? A covenant is, is an agreement, a mutual promise. God made covenants with His people throughout the Old Testament just saying, if you trust Me, if you commit to Me, I promise things to you. I promise blessings poured out on you. Guess what? God keeps His promises. And with Jesus being the new covenant and the fulfilling of all the other covenants. This card right here. Some people don't like it because you have to sign your name on the back. People don't like commitments, right? You don't want to be committed to something because then you're saying, I'm going to do something. Well, what if I fail? What if I don't live up to these commitments? This is the gathering's covenant relationships card. It's on the back of those poles right there. There's no way I can go over this in one message or even right here and right now. But we're going to give you a little homework to do. Take one of them home and read it. It'll tell you who we are and why and what we believe in. And the only thing this is saying this isn't just the gathering's way, this is God's way because it's nothing but Scripture. You want to be, I hate to even say it, not more successful. You want to be closer to God. You want to grow into the things God has for you. Get together. You want to be able to do this Bible reading plan together. Spend time with each other. This card is just what we're about and why. Some of you are are members and some of you have read this card or maybe this card got handed to you. Some of you have signed a card. It's just saying there's four main things. I'll read them to you right quick. I will protect the unity of the gathering, which is just saying what we just talked about. I'll put myself last. I'll value others above myself. I'll stop complaining, stop arguing, stop talking about people. Number two, I will share the responsibility of the gathering. The gathering has a responsibility to make God's name known. To help lost people get found. And you're just saying, I will share in that responsibility with them. Third thing, I will serve the ministry of the gathering by discovering my gifts and talents. You know God made only one you? God only made only one Gary. No other Garys out there like this Gary right here. God gave each of you specific gifts and talents. And if you're not spending time with God, it's going to be hard to figure those things out. And if you're not spending time with each other, then it's going to be hard Maybe you don't know what God has purposed you to do. Start spending time with Him and with each other and just start serving. Start putting yourself last and valuing people more than yourself and, and people start affirming things in you. And you'll start to see. By developing a servant's heart. Jesus talked all about that in the Gospel. He tells the disciples, "Who's John and... I can't, James, maybe Sons of Thunder. Who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? If you want to be first, you got to be last. Not like Ricky Bobby. Fourth thing, I will support the testimony of the gathering. That's just saying I got your back. I'm gonna support what God's doing here. I know some of you are still into dating. Court and stage with the gathering, and you need to get to know this body better. Hard to make a commitment if you don't know somebody, right? But I want to encourage you to do that. But guess what? It's hard to do that just one hour a week. It's hard to do that with God just one hour a week. It's hard to do it with anybody. I think Bobby said one time. When I got married, if I told my wife, I'm going to spend about 20 minutes with you in the morning, about a minute every time I eat, and an hour on Sunday, do you think she would have signed up for that? Commitments are hard to make, especially when you don't know people real well. The only thing I'm trying to say to you is get to know each other, get to know God, love God, love one another, live Jesus, walk together. That's why those three things are, uh, I guess, a saying of the gathering. Because if you keep them three priorities in line, all the other stuff will happen. Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, just the time you spent with me this week and just reminded me that we need people in our lives to help us grow with you and that that we need you. And that uh, you can't get to know somebody if you don't spend time with them. Dear Lord, thank you for meeting us right where we're at. If there's anybody in this room that has any doubt or concerns or that is struggling or that doesn't know You, dear Lord, I pray that they would know that You'll meet them right where they're at. It don't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else says that that You had love for us first and that's how we love others. And thank You for that. Thank You for Jesus who came and paid for it all and And that anointing oil that was poured out on Him that that covers us up, dear Lord, is pleasing to You. And that when we let You come into our lives and transform us, that is what changes people. And help us just come together and be this big body that is bright and that lights up the darkness in this community and 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 in places around us and places we go and and just help us to remember that uh when we're isolated we can't we can't see as clearly and we weren't meant to do it alone dear lord I pray that um that whoever's in this room that they'll just be humble enough to ask you dear Lord ask you what that looks like and to know that uh in your time God, that you will provide and and uh dear Lord, I just thank you, I pray that uh this new year as we as as we go forward, dear Lord, that we will just be about you and be about each other and and value each other over ourselves, and God, I just thank you for this time and ask it all in your name, I love you, amen.